Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something genderqueer person shares their observations, life stories, and the adventures of their journey through transition and beyond. And now, here's your host, the creator of it all, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Hey, hello, hello. How's everybody doing? Thank you so much for being here at Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. Thank you. It's so nice to have you. And now let's listen to the band finish it out. fantastic i love them i love them i swear i do and they get better every week at least to me they do this week we have purple mollusk faction what huh yeah one of the failed names before uh you know people migrated outside of the band and then finally came together to form blue oyster cult yeah <laughs> purple mollusk faction I don't know where they come from. I I think sometimes I have too much beer and then say, oh, that'll be a great band name. And then, uh, I don't know. Believe me, I do leave some of them off that end up on there. I'll put something down on the list and then say, you know, later I'll come back and I'll say, how the hell did that end up there? All right, let's not do that. That is not funny or poignant or anything. (laughs) Anyway, today's episode, Why So Sensitive? It seems that uh, some people have a little thinner skin than than others or than the most than the majority. So I'm going to give my, you know, two cents on that. Uh we have number 12 of the 20 jokes so terrible they're actually funny. We're moving right along. Yeah, it's I can't believe we're already into the double digits, to be quite honest. Hey, if you've got a countdown list or something you want me to go over and comment on, send it to me, changes in latitudes podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay. Over on the B side, I have a song that I want to share with you that just came to me the other day and it, it just spoke to me. One of those sorts of songs. And I will fill you in on some of the non trans related things that I do. And to round out the show, of course, we have listener feedback. So welcome, welcome new listeners. Now you know what you're in store for. There's your menu for the evening or afternoon or morning or whenever you're listening to this. (laughs) That's what you have in store for you. Welcome aboard, new listeners. If this is the first episode you decided to listen to, thank you so much. And of course, welcome back, long-time listeners, binge listeners, sporadic listeners, All you folks that check in with me once and again, thank you, thank you, and thank you for being here. You know I love you. Now, let's talk a little bit about what happened last week, episode 97, Growing Older But Not Up. Uh, (laughs) My birthday is in that summertime months, and I shared a little bit about what it's like to have a birthday during those months of, you know, summer break and what it's like and versus what it is during the school year. So just, you know, some reminiscent of that shared some stories and then talked a little bit about how uh how you know in retrospect my trans status you know would have affected things 10 20 years ago so just stuff uh, to ponder over 
over on the B side last episode, talked a little bit about how, you know, people find balance in their life. We talked about balance again. It's been a long time since we talked about balance. So if you haven't heard that, go check it out. You can find that and all past episodes at changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. We're also over on iTunes and Stitcher. Search out Changes in Latitudes Podcast, the transgender experience. You'll find us. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast. If you want to send me an email, like I said a moment ago, changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at CIL Podcast. And while you're floating around the internet, because most people do, especially with the smartphones that we have, go check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. Check it out, explore what Patreon's all about, and consider becoming a patron of the arts, a patron of this program. This week, our patron of the episode is Becky B., longtime friend and fan. Love her to death. Becky B., thank you so much for all that you do. All right, I think we're done with the housekeeping. Let's get into the main topic. Main topic, why so sensitive? Uh, you know, this is a (laughs) tongue-in-cheek sensitive topic, because when you see somebody, I mean, for example, my child, he's a toddler, he's going through those those self-discovery times of how far he can push his limits, and it's driving us crazy, because that's what it happens as being a parent, but he's pushing his limits, and, you know, sometimes he is just so overly sensitive that I want to say, what are you thinking? Why you got yourself all worked up? It's not that crazy about it. You don't have to worry about it that much. And then I see people, grown adults. Yes, they happen to be more trans folk than not because, you know, this observation happened while I was at the LGBT center. So, yeah, okay, that was right in the wheelhouse at that moment in time. But it seems that some trans people are so overly sensitive that, I mean, yes, you express empathy. You, you, you're like, oh, I'm so sorry that, you know, everything gets to you, you know, whatever it is, you know. But then you have to stop and think, why are you this way? What happened to, to bring you to this? Where along your journey did this come aboard your shoulders? And I've been pondering it for a long, long time. And I thought for a, a brief moment... Maybe male privilege plays into this. Maybe going from the male privilege to the non-male privilege, we'll say, has an effect on that sensitivity. You know, I mean, yes, for those on HRT and other medical transition routes, yes, that also plays into it. Yes, I'll, I'll acknowledge that. But it's something that happens naturally as well without HRT or any other medical transition. It's something that's there. And so I wonder, does male privilege play into it? Or the lack of male privilege, the switch off of male privilege. And that's where my mind went. Because that is one of the things that, you know, kind of happened to me. I mean, not not in a drastic sort of way, but, you know, first few times I was out and about and proud as myself, my femme self, and, you know, doors were being held open. Or... 
you know, somebody let me walk in front of them or something that, you know, normally doesn't happen when you're the guy. You know what I mean? It was that it's that little switch that kind of happens that goes on and you're like, oh, this is different. Um, this is kind of cool. I don't know how I feel about it, but okay, it's kind of cool. All right, I'll, I'll roll with the punches. And, and it's, it's that reverse male privilege is the way I see it. I mean, it's an adjustment culturally because of what we've been conditioned through to since we were, you know, knee-high to a grasshopper. It's just part of the culture that we live in. And I thought, you know, maybe that plays into it for some. Maybe they become, you know, quote-unquote overly sensitive because it is such a switch, such a change that happens. Um, and then another thought that came to my mind was, are some trans women playing into the, uh, you know, the stereotype of women are more sensitive than men, quote-unquote. Okay, the stereotype, right? You follow what I'm saying. I don't mean it, but you now know what I'm talking about. You know, do some get trapped in that thought process, that mentality that they have to be this way to be a woman? Because I know back when I first started you know, researching things, you know, back, way back in the day before the internet was the internet and it was called the library. You know, one of the things was that this adjustment was was part of the process, you know, can throw you for a curve. One of the things, you know, back in the day was you you had to fit into a, you know, cookie cutter thing to be a trans woman. You know, this is back in the Benjamin Standard days where, you know, you had to follow this regimen to be this person that you say you are. You know, it wasn't as easy as it is now, thankfully, but you follow my path. You had to be what others thought you should be. So are some people still trapped in that mentality because, of well, of whatever reason that they have, you know, that women are technically... That women are, quote-unquote, more sensitive than men, you know? Some trapped there? You know, did they, did they get that just caught in their sense of femininity or their true self or that's how they think they should feel or should act or should be? And then I thought, you know, maybe trans people are just a bit more observant and a bit more sensitive to the world around them because we've spent so much time, you know, hiding from it and trying to figure ourselves out. You know, I mean, we, we've been so sensitive about certain things, you know, am I walking like a girl? Am I, you know, talking like a girl? Am I, is my hair too long? Do I look like a girl? I mean, these are just some of the things that came across my mind. But, you know, we spend all that time trying to figure ourselves out and hiding at the same time that maybe we just by nature, by design as trans people are more overly sensitive to that and the other things in the world around us. You know, I mean, could it also fall into the the concept of not passing, you know, where you have that mentality of, oh, my God, is everybody looking at me? Can everybody tell I'm a guy? Do, do they think I'm a guy in a dress? Oh, my God, is that what's happening to me now? Oh, God, are they thinking, did, did, did they out me? Oh, my God, am I passing? Did, did I pass? Okay, great, great. Uh, you know, that constant thing that happens, especially in the early steps of our transitions, you know, that that first few steps in the world, you know, gives that crazy feeling. And do some people still just get caught up in, into that, even though it's, you know, through time has proved itself that that's not the case? I mean, that's the way I felt. You know, within a matter of a month or so or three months or so, that feeling of, oh, my God, am I passing? Oh, my God, are they telling that I'm trans? Do, do I look trans? Do I, you know, sound trans? Whatever, whatever it was at that moment in time, that, that, that went away for me 
relatively early because I realized it didn't matter. I mean, it kind of mattered to make sure of my safety in certain environments. You know, we always have to take that into consideration, not just as trans people, but people in general. Trans people probably more so for obvious reasons, but you know what I mean? We all have to be worried about and concerned about and aware of our environment. So, you know, could that be part of it that plays into that, that, that oversensitive mentality, thought process, feeling? And on, since we're, you know, on the topic of passing, just briefly, let me, let me just say, you know, passing is a state of mind, okay? And I can say this in hindsight, folks. Passing is a state of mind. Passing is a sense of confidence. It's a sense of pride. It's a sense of ownership. Own what you are. Own what you have. Previous guests I know and myself have spoken about taking ownership for things. So go back through the archives, the many archives now that we're on episode 98. Wow, holy cow, 98, two away from 100. And I'll be honest with you folks, now that we've kind of stopped the train for this tangent here, I have no freaking clue what I'm going to do for episode 100. I've been racking my brain trying to figure out how to schedule certain things and what would be entertaining and fun and cool. And I just, I am... I'm blowing it. I'll be quite honest with you folks, because you're my friends. I, I, I am. It's, it's going to be, you know, not the normal type of episode, but it's not going to be some big extravagant gala sort of thing. You know, woohoo, a hundred. You know, it's not going to be that big of a brouhaha. Sadly, uh, I wanted it to be when I first said, you know, hey, uh, I'm eventually going to get to a hundred episodes. You know, back when I was on like fifty, <laughs> episode number fifty, but. Um, 98, I can't believe I'm this far along. It's just, it's just, it boggles my mind every time I stop and, you know, really think about whatever episode number I'm on. Anyhow, back to passing. It's a sense of your, it's a sense in yourself that you're passing. This is who you are. There is no passing. This is who you are. Take it or leave it, like it or not. This is it. And let the chips fall where they may is really what it all boils down to. Uh, another thing that came to my mind was, could being exposed to all the negative crap in the world, specifically around the trans community, right, could, could hearing that and seeing that and reading that negative stuff have, have an effect on how we feel about the world around us? I certainly feel that way. I've said that a number of times in uh, many different episodes, and earlier this episode, is, is that part of it? You know, because we're we're getting all this negative story. Oh, another trans woman was killed. A trans man this. A trans woman that. You know, I mean, it, we hear it all the time. It's out there. Could hearing it all the time affect us too and make us overly sensitive to things? And then there's the broader stroke of the picture, the bigger picture when you step back and look at it. Why do some people, trans or not, doesn't matter, just people, think that everything is directed toward them or is about them you know i mean some some extreme cases may be you know considered paranoid okay that's that's where i'm going with this you know conversations that they hear as they're walking through some some mall or food court or something you know they hear a conversation they catch a couple key words and they think they're talking they think that that conversation is about them even though it's not um sometimes maybe the looks we receive you know it's an adjustment it's definitely an adjustment for trans women specifically. Trans ladies, let me say this to you. Everyone checks out the ladies, quote unquote. 
everyone looks at women. Men check out ladies to check them out because, you know, that's the male nature. Women check out other ladies and women because they're looking at their hair, their makeup, their dress, their shoes, their purse, their jewelry, their overall look, the, the overall way about themselves, the way they carry themselves, because that's what women do. Women look at other women to take hints from or say things, you know, on the other side of the scale. Oh, you really tried on your eyebrows. I want to help you with your eyebrows, but I don't know you, so I cannot approach you. That's why women look at women. They're checking them out, trying to figure out... Hey, is there, are you someone I can talk to? Are you someone that's going to, you know, mesh with me or you know, whatever it is? They're not checking them out like the typical guy. And I will say, yes, of course, there are women that check out women for that. And yes, there are men that just check out a woman for her overall presence and demeanor and the way she may have done her hair and makeup and things like that. But everybody looks at women. That's, that's how our culture is. The, the, the North American culture that I've grown up with, that is what I'm speaking about. That's what's there. We are trained to look at that. Look at advertisements. Watch the way things are advertised. Watch the way women are portrayed in those th- ways. That's why we're conditioned to do that. That's why women's styles are so much more exotic in general, and and usually have many more options for the same function. You know, for example, you know, you're going to go out on a date and go see a movie. Okay, now, yes, there are many levels of that. There's very casual, jeans, t-shirt. And then there's, you know, hey, we're going to go out to dinner, we're going to have a nice dinner, we're going to celebrate whatever, and then we're going to go see a movie because we've been talking about seeing a movie. So for the guy, you might wear, you know, uh, a, a pants, shirt, and tie, or even a suit, or maybe some sort of polo, or, you know, some sort of classy-looking Hawaiian shirt, or Gaia Vera, or something like that. You know, you, you, you spiff it up a little bit. Well, for women, they've got this, so many more choices. You've got dresses, and within dresses, there are many options. Short, long, um, you know, different tops, halter, and strapless and you know thin strap wide strap you know uh long dress short dress you know a line you know so many different options just for a dress and then you could go into the top and a skirt or top and a bottom because you know dress slacks some ladies who use dress slacks and things like that i mean so many options out there and that's my point so many more options for the lady to choose from for just to go out to dinner and a movie versus the guy who's got you know maybe a good half a dozen to a dozen options, depending on your style and choice and things like that. Everybody's a little bit different. So our culture is, is geared towards watching and looking at women. So another thing for trans women especially, you're going from this, you know, uh, hidden in the shadows sort of presence, nobody notices guys because everybody's looking at women, and now everybody's looking at you. So you think everybody is looking at you when they're just looking at the woman in you or the woman that you are or however you present yourself, however you're feeling at the time. You know, that's what they're looking at, men and women, because that's what human nature is. And, and uh, I, back to the whole, you know, hearing all this negative stuff, I know some people that turn it towards themselves and think that whatever it is is going to be happening to them you know, they hear about somebody 
somebody with a bathroom issue and they think that's going to happen to them the next time they go to the bathroom. So they're, they're worried and, you know, conscious and paranoid and all whatever word you want to use because of that, you know, instead of just, oh, this is just another news story. I'm going to brush it off. Yes, of course, it could happen to anyone. We'll realize that. But there is a chance that it won't happen to me, too. And so I'm just going to go on with my life. They get, they get lost in that thought process, and they think everything's going to happen to them. Um, and, the, and especially when it's, when it's about, you know, trans issues or trans people or things like that. And I get why we're super sensitive to it, because we are so close to it. But we also can't forget that we're human as well. And, you know, there, you hear a lot of stories about non-trans people, you know, being taken advantage of, being left on the street, being, being killed. I mean, there's so many stories like that as well for non-trans people. But we're aware of the ones that are about trans people because it's closer to home. Which, by nature, by design, of course, is going to be that way. What I'm saying is try not to let it get to you that much. And if it, is, if it does start to get to you, back off the news source for a little bit. Get the, get the specifics of the news article. Realize that, you know, there's not much you can do specifically. I mean, unless, of course, there is. Don't get me wrong. If there's something that you can do because it's close to your home or whatever, yes, please do so. But the majority of the time we hear about things that happen elsewhere in the world. We'll realize that we immediately don't have a way to impact that other part of the world. Yes, there are ways to go about it, but they're, they're longevity steps. It's not a quick, easy solution. So if you want to go the, that path of, you know, making sure that some help happens around the world, go for it. Make that your, make that your choice in life. But the average person isn't going to do that. So realize that you can't have an immediate direct effect. So don't let it affect you. And I think that's where a lot of people get hung up. Personally. So ultimately the question is, why are trans people a little more sensitive than the average person, it seems? At least from my point of view. And, and I think it's because of the switch in culture. I think that has a big part of it. And then the fact that now that we are, you know, out and about and proud of being trans, we're hearing those stories and words more. And the the news, you know, does blow things out of proportion and sensationalizes it with just a choice of words to describe things. So you got to take that into consideration as well. And I think if we just kind of take everything with a grain of salt and realize that, you know, unless it's right in our backyard, there's not much we can do. Unless, of course, you want to be an activist and do what you need to do to go change the world, just as I make my podcast every week, you could be an activist out there spreading the word of whatever you want to. So realize where it fits into your world and go day by day. When you need a professional who specializes in writing, photography, or web design, contact Tom Slayton. At Tom's website, TomSlayton.com, you'll find brilliant WordPress themes, discounts and links for fantastic online services, and sage wisdom from the master himself, Tom Slayton. TomSlayton.com even features a wonderful eclectic collection of photographs seldom seen elsewhere. Visit TomSlayton.com. That's T-O-M-S-L-A-T-I-N.com. 
TomSlayton.com. Folks, go check it out. Show Tom some love. Tell him Charlie sent you because he is just one hell of a guy. All right. This week, we're looking at TomSlayton.com forward slash Old Sailor. And and this one was odd because I saw the title, Old Sailor, but I saw the thumbnail of the picture and I was like, what the hell is this? There's no sailor there. And then when I pulled it up and looked at it on a bigger you know, scale, there's a little tiny toy carving, it looks like, of a sailor. You know, one of those sailors that you'd see uh, uh, like outside a shop, you know, like a, like a quarter size li- or three quarter size life statuette uh, of, of, a, of a person, in this case, a sailor. It's quite, it's quite eerie. And it's right next to a window that appears to be hung above a workbench. And the window is missing uh, more panes of glass than it actually has. And through the window, it looks like there's a beautiful spring, you know, green tree uh, life uh, outside the window. But yet inside the window, there's this stagnant, old, lost-in-time feeling of, of a workbench from the past. It's quite a, quite a beautiful composition of a picture. So go check out TomSlayton.com forward slash Old Sailor and tell him Charlie sent you. jokes so terrible they're actually funny now i found this on tickle.com published in june of 2015 this week number 12 a man woke up in the hospital after a serious accident He shouted, Doctor, doctor, I can't feel my legs. And the doctor replied, I know you can't. I've cut off your arms. I will say this does remind me of one of the reoccurring jokes on the uh, underrated television show Arrested Development. If you folks haven't had a chance to go see that, it's on Netflix. See it. Uh, and and my suggestion is watch two or three episodes at a time because they definitely play one into the other. And there's a lot of times where they flash, not flashback, but reference back to previous episodes. So it's always good to kind of watch two or three at a time, let those digest and then come back, you know, in a day or two and watch some more. Uh, and then once you watch the whole series... I highly suggest going back and watching it again and picking up on even more things that you missed the first couple times. Yes, 20 jokes so terrible, they're actually funny. B-side. Here we are over on the B-side. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about 
is what I do outside of, you know, trans-related things. You know, obviously I work on the podcast, and that takes up a fair share of my time. And I do volunteer at my local LGBT center, and that takes up a small amount of time per month. And, you know, then, of course, you know, taking care of my kid as the primary stay-at-home parent, you know, so that's that's another thing. And, you know, outside of those things, what else do I do with my life? And I've mentioned it on and off throughout many an episode that uh, theater is, you know, my passion and my love, and that's where my degree is and things like that. And so uh, I've been donating a lot of time recently to the local theater here. And I'm not sure if I've filled everybody in on this story, so I'm going to share it with you now. Uh, I'm from Los Angeles, and I gave L.A. a try, and uh, a good I hoofed it, as they say, for a good year and change. Not quite a year and a half. I think around a year and two months, year and three months, something like that. And uh, long story short, I really really didn't care for the business part of show business. And it wasn't just that. There was a combination of a lot of things. The traffic of Los Angeles, the fact it's impossible to find a parking spot, the fact that you got to feed a meter every two hours, and if you're waiting in an audition time for your slot to come up, and it happens around that two-hour mark, and you take a chance to run out and go feed the meter, and you come back, you may have to go back to the end of the line and wait another two hours. You know, one of those sorts of situations. So it was a lot of that sort of buildup of stuff where I'm like, you know, I it, this is not why I learned the craft. And so I kind of was a little disheartened. And uh, I decided at that time to, to move back to San Diego because I had spent some junior college years in San Diego and, you know, met a good number of friends. And I'd always had loved the city. And so I moved back to San Diego and I was uh, working a job. And it was it was doing well. And then after I kind of, uh, you know, reestablished myself after a couple of years and back in San Diego, I got involved in the community theater arena, we'll say, down here. I was pretty active between 2004 and like 2008. And then, you know, I met the woman who I'd eventually be my wife and got married and we had a family. And so we, you know, took some time off from theater because we both perform. And then in 2011, a friend asked me to come help out the uh, annual melodrama because they needed a villain for their melodrama. And so I said, okay, sure, I'll do that. And then um, by grace, I don't know, this kind of fell into my lap. In early 2012, I was uh, given the opportunity to uh, direct a, a full stage show here at one of the local theaters. And, and that was because the, uh, I was signed on as assistant director and the original director had to back down because of a family emergency. And so because I was the assistant director, they bumped me up to a director. So that was, that was a wonderful experience to go through and it was well received. It was, it got, uh, in the local awards around here, it got, uh, nominated, uh, across the board and then, uh, took, uh, I think it was three or four different awards uh, at the uh, at the annual award ceremony, so it was it was a wonderful experience for that. And then uh, it's not like I took a a break, but you know I took a small break, helped take care of you know my infant child at the time. And then uh, all around that time, if you've been following my story through the show, you'll know that I came out as trans around that time. And so for about a year in trying to figure out myself, which took me to you know. Going from trans to gender fluid, gender queer, which I believe is in episode 52. 
to go back through the archives and check that one out for that full story. And so, so we're looking at about a year there of, you know, refining myself. And right around that time of uh, episode 52 and refining myself and rediscovering who I am and uh, d- digging deeper into myself, as one might say, uh, I, th- there was a, a notice for an audition for a show that I felt I would be a perfect suit for, for what the casting arrangements were. And so I gave it a shot, went down and auditioned and was cast. And so that performed at the end of last year, 2015, December 2015. And by that point, you know, I'd been around the theater because I'd worked in this theater years before. You know, I'd been around there for a while. And so they, you know, said, oh, hey, would you care to direct? And I said, sure. And so following the procedures to, you know, submit a show and be chosen to direct. uh, Long story short, I will be directing something at the end of 2016. That's that's kind of, you know, what I do outside of my trans life, you know, the non-trans aspect of it. But then you, you look at it and say, well, it's theater. And usually theater is always welcoming of diverse communities, you know, LGBT or anything along those lines. And it's true. The theater is, you know, universal space for everyone to present themselves in a creative manner. And so it, it's a very comfortable feeling being there. Plus, it also feeds the creative juices that I have running through my body. Now, also over here on the B-side, I want to share a song. This is a Fleetwood Mac song called Go Your Own Way. And for those of you who know the song or know the story behind the song, you might think, well, that's an odd song to play. Well, just hold on and just wait. Let me get there. Okay? Okay. Uh, It was written in uh, 76, it was uh, released as a single in December of 76 and then uh, on the album Rumors in 1977 for Fleetwood Mac. And it was a point in time during the group's history when there was a lot of tension amongst the band members. And if you go to the uh, Wikipedia article on this, you'll see, you know, there's a mention here in the lyrics section that the song is about the complicated relationship that Buckingham and fellow Fleetwood Mac member Stevie Nicks were having. At the time the song was written, none of the members knew they were writing songs about each other. Stevie Nicks asked Buckingham to remove the lyrics, Packing up, shacking up is all you want to do. But Buckingham refused. In an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, Nicks gave her thoughts on the matter. I very much resented him telling the world that packing up, shacking up with different men was all I wanted to do. He knew it wasn't true. It was just an angry thing that he said. Every time those words would come on stage, I wanted to go over and kill him. He knew it, so he really pushed my buttons through that. It was like, I'll make you suffer for leaving me. And I did. So even though it's a song about breaking up, if you stop and just observe the lyrics and kind of let them just be there floating in the air, don't listen so hard to the story, it can almost be interpreted as a way of coming out. Because there's the you that you are before you come out, before you embrace whoever you are coming out. And I don't just mean trans. I mean all forms of coming out. Everybody has something. Everybody. So if you look at it that way, it could be a sense of coming out because you're leaving something behind to gain something where you're going. So here we go. 1976. Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. Isn't the right thing to do? 
Listener feedback. Here we go. Listener feedback. It was from someone who I was very surprised to hear from. Uh, I'm not going to name any names because they didn't say it was okay to share, but I want to share the story. And so the person who wrote it should absolutely know who they are. Uh, A mother of a trans boy, trans man, trans boy, teenage boy, wrote to me asking for 
assistance in finding more people like her, people that she could commune with and relate to and share stories and and you know like that new mother's club that you that everybody tries to get into when you have a newborn you know the, your first newborn you're like ah, i'm going through everything the first time you are too let's learn from each other it's one of those sorts of feelings and so i gave her some you know simple advice go check with your lgbt center see what they have to offer and then i took it another step further i said if they don't offer anything consider maybe starting something for people like yourself because there's no way that she's the only one in the town city that she lives in there's there is there are far too many trans people out there and especially trans kids who are now taking the initiative to say no no i am different than what you think i am in whatever that may be bisexual uh, gay lesbian trans you know so many different things in this specific case trans and so, so she wanted some resources and then shared with me the, uh, the thing that is pretty common. And I believe I mentioned this during the significant other episode, uh, an episode of, or two ago, that there is a sense of loss of the previous person, of the previous entity that once was the person you knew, you know, because now there's this new person or semi new looking person in their place, someone who's more confident because they're more sure of themselves, more confident in themselves. So it, it is, in essence, a different person, but in all, but it still is, uh, in a lot of ways, the same person. You know, nobody's going to go from disliking ice cream to liking ice cream just because they come out as trans. You know, I mean, your favorite colors may change, uh, you know, certain styles may change, maybe certain music may change, but, you know, foods, they're going to remain the same for the most part. Certain things will change because that's what happens as we grow as humans. But, you know, there's good, you know, not overnight are they going to dislike, you know, chocolate chip cookies or something like that. You know, so they're still going to be the same just slightly different and so you know shared a little bit about that and i gave her a little more thoughts and uh, feedback on it and it was wonderful to hear her response back that she's an avid listener listens as frequently as possible and truly enjoys the show and uh empathizes with my journey because she is in the same you know age bracket age realm as myself and so she remembers just growing up in that time frame and knows how different the world is from then till now. So you know who you are. And I want to say thank you so very much for being the parent that you are, the supportive, encouraging, loving parent that you are, the devoted listener that you are, the, the listener feedback writer that you are and did, and hopefully the person that's going to be you know, helping get the answers for others if they aren't there. So good luck to you. Thank you again. And feel free to write anytime. Wow, here we are. We made it. I can't believe it's uh, that long. Wow, it's... Uh... Well, not quite as long as I expected, but that's okay. That's okay. Can't have entirely, you know, two-hour-long episodes all the time. <laughs> I would, I, I, I would go crazy. It would take me forever to edit, and I would probably miss my Friday deadlines. Anyway, folks, thanks so much for sticking around through the end. I really appreciate it. 
next episode I'm going to title 99 Bottles of Beer on the Wall. And I'll be honest, the only reason I'm titling in that is it's because it's episode 99. <laughs> I'm always looking for guests. I'm always looking for topics. Send them my way. Changes in Latitudes Podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to visit Changes in Latitudes Podcast.blogspot.com and click on our Amazon link. It's over on the right hand side, about halfway down or so. Click on that link. It'll take you right to Amazon and then shop to your heart's content. Shop like you've never shopped before. And pennies on the dollar come back to the show and help it out. So, consider doing that the next time you go shopping on Amazon. Or visit us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Changes in Latitudes podcast. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. So, stay crazy, everyone. Take care of yourself. And then take care of somebody else. And I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you. So let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, Please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2016 by me, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. That's the end. Thanks for listening. And remember...